The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Well, coming up, we're going to talk some NFL draft talk and some Debo Samuel stuff with Dalton Miller of Pro Football Network. He's going to join us to talk about what he thinks the Eagles will do with their first round picks and uh, what some of the main areas of need are. And we'll also look at a couple other teams, the teams within the division, first of all, but also a couple other teams around football who have a very interesting draft as far as their long-term prospects are concerned. And they could go in a number of very interesting directions. So we will tackle all that on this episode of Eye on the Enemy. But first, just want to remind you folks to check out all of our podcasts here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Uh, we got lots of great podcasts that are coming your way, covering this draft inside and out, left, right, behind you, in front of you, every which way you could look. Make sure you check them all out and subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, if you haven't done so already, go to the Apple Podcast uh, app or Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcast, and bang that subscribe button. Well, with the draft just a week away as we are recording this, uh, it is getting down to crunch time here for the Eagles and for teams around the NFL as they look to add some uh, young talent to their rosters. Joining me to talk about what the Eagles might do, and uh, we'll talk about what some other teams around the NFL might do. There's some teams that uh, have a very interesting draft uh, coming up, especially when it comes to whether or not they're going to be able to sustain the success that they've had in recent seasons. Dalton Miller from Pro Football Network 365 is going to join us. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller. And uh, Dalton, I know you have a, a, a Twitch that you do uh, every night. Is it every night you do a Twitch talking football? You know, uh, the, the schedule changes every now and then. It's usually more uh, midday, um, you know, around 4 or 5 o'clock to, to 8 for a couple hours. I usually, you know, talk a little football and, and get into some video gaming uh, to okay. uh, to let loose a little bit. But the, the goal is to talk football while gaming because... Uh, okay. Nobody's there to watch me play Call of Duty. They're there for they're there for to, to talk about football. You know what? I I'm not surprised by anything people show up on the internet to do. They're the use people people will watch people take things out of boxes. It's on, amazing. On the internet. I mean, it really yeah. is. I, I I'm I'm astonished at the at the pages that are devoted to certain things on YouTube. So uh, don't discount the fact there's probably a, a good hundred or so people out there that would be willing to see anybody play a video game, which just speaks to the nature of the internet, I guess. So, um, but anyway, let, let's talk about this, uh, this upcoming um, 
draft. And, and actually, before we get to the draft, I wanted to get to the one big piece of NFL news that, that came down this week, and that was the uh, the trade request by Debo Samuel. It seems as though he's on his way out of San Francisco. Seems a little late in the offseason, but I guess you get it in before the draft. Um, you could still interest teams into, into swinging a deal for the uh, 49ers' amazing wide receiver talent. What I'm trying to get a handle on here, Dalton, is – Everybody would. Everybody could certainly use him. So it's not a matter of, well, gee, does he fit with the Eagles? Of course he does. He fits with everybody. What would he cost in terms of draft picks and in terms of cash from where you sit? Yeah, so it's a, a tricky situation because it doesn't seem like it is about the money. I think, you know, the numbers that I've seen thrown around are from like 24 to 26 million, which is obviously a ton of money mm-hmm. um, when it comes to, you know, the, the NFL and how res- much receivers are getting paid right now. But it's still under what Tyreek Hill is making. It's under what Devontae Adams is making. And it probably makes sense because while I, I think that Debo Samuel gets, you know, credit for his versatility, I think that he doesn't get enough credit for how good he is as a traditional receiver. Mm-hmm. First half of the year before he really started to carry the load as a, a running back or a hybrid player, he was on 47 catches through eight games. Um, he was on pace for nearly 100 catches on the season. And if he would have done that leading the league um, in yards per catch, because he was at like 18.2 last year, I mean, that's a, a guy who is a legitimately freaky superstar level wide receiver. Now, he's never been super healthy, which you also have to take into account. I think when it comes down to it, you know, if you're desperate, you know, maybe the, the New York Jets would get rid of 10 for him. But there shouldn't be anything more than that. They'll probably get a pick back um, from San Francisco somewhere as well uh, for Debo in that situation. Because at the end of the day, his value is lower because you also have to pay him. Mm, Um, And and I think that on top of the injury concerns is something that teams are going to have to really consider when they think about trading for him. So you think one first round pick and then maybe like an additional pick somewhere else, maybe on on day two of next year or something like that would, would be the price tag? Yeah, I think it depends on on where the pick is coming from. Obviously, if you look at Kansas City, they they didn't want to pay Tyreek, but I, that that might have been you know some behind the scenes stuff going on 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 top of you know not wanting to pay thirty million. Um, that would be obviously an, an outstanding spot for him to go because Andy Reid can get the ball to anybody within a scheme. Yeah. Um. So he would be freaky there. And if we're talking about you know twenty nine. Um, you, you might be talking about pick 29 and then next year's one a, as okay. well. So uh, a team at the back half of, of round one might be giving up a little bit more. Um, but teams up at the top, those, those picks are just so much more valuable. And if you're the Chiefs, you got to think you're going to be picking outside of the, the top 25 again next year um, just because you are the Kansas City Chiefs and you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you sure hope you're picking uh, outside yeah. the top 25 next year. And, and with the Eagles sitting at number 15 and number 18, um, you figure moving number 15, I guess, would make some sense. But given the holes the the Eagles have on defense and the fact mm-hmm. that they still don't know who their quarterback is going to be long term, does it make sense to, for you, given where the Eagles are right now in their window, to trade 15 for, for Debo Samuel, considering they'd have to pay him too? I think it depends on, like you said, how they feel about Jalen Hurts. If they feel like he can be legitimately their franchise quarterback, then I think you have to do everything within your power to to bring in the talent to surround him and try to make a run and see if he really does have it. If you have questions about it, I don't really see the point in trading for you know a somewhat injury-prone 
wide receiver who you know after three years might be out if you don't have you know much team success and you can't find a quarterback because he's not producing at the level that he once was so things get a, a little bit tricky when it comes to to Philadelphia situation specifically um, but I think that when you look at where they're at with 15 and 18 um, I, I really think that they can get uh, some a, a legitimate wide receiver one type of player there if they decide to go that way in round one. Well, let's talk about the draft then a little bit because as everybody listening to this podcast knows, the Eagles are picking at 15 and 18. And to me, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Eagles to move up in this draft because while I do think that there probably will be any number of two to five players that they have ranked highly on their board where they're sitting at number 15. They make that trade with the New Orleans Saints to pick up an extra third rounder this year. And that is exactly the type of capital that you need in your back pocket if you want to move up from 15 to, say, 10, 11, 12, something, something in that range. Do you, see, do you see the odds more likely than not that Howie Roseman pulls off a deal to move up a couple of spots in the draft? Or do you think he stays put? Well, we, we do know that Howie is aggressive. And yeah. if there's one thing, you know, that I can really respect, it's it's aggressiveness when it comes to uh, the offseason free agency, the NFL draft, uh, and Howie will, will go for that. Now, the track record of the NFL draft recently for, for Howie has not been fantastic. Um, but I think when I look at this draft, I don't see a bunch of guys that I would like to move up for it, just mm. in a vacuum. I think that the, the real strength of this class is from 25 to 125. I think that's where it's really strong. I think there's a ton of good players, but that top-end talent kind of lacks. Now, the, the the one thing that I will say is if you know you get to 11 or 12, because you're probably not going to trade with Washington, um, if you get to 12 and Minnesota, you know, who has a couple of holes on their team, is trying to look back and, and gather a, a third-round pick, um, I, I think that they can move up if a guy like you know Derek Stingley is still around. Somebody who you know you think can be a legitimate day one lockdown corner, and then you have him and Darius Slay, who Slay probably has a couple more years of really good play in him as well. So that's a position that you really don't have to worry about at all outside of you know, your number three guy there. Um, but that's something that you know they can even look to address later in this draft class if they really wanted to. Uh, but when you look at the the holes defensively for that football team. I think that, you know, it doesn't really set up nicely for them to, you know, attack a linebacker. It's not something that they really like to do in, in round one anyways. They don't like to throw assets at that position. Um, but it's such a massive need uh, that I think that that's something that they could probably wait until pick 51. Um, because I think, again, when we're just looking at the strength of this draft class, I think linebacker um, doesn't have that top end. They don't have a Michael Parsons around. Um, but I, I think that they have a lot of really good talent, you know, in the back half of round one with N'Kobe Dean and then Devin Lloyd and then all the way to probably the third round. So how do you see if the Eagles stay put at number 15 and number 18? And again, we don't know what the teams around them are going to do. There's going to be trade ups around the Eagles. So uh, a mock draft is never a static thing, but obviously. But where do you see the Eagles going here in 15 and 18? Because as I see it, they have needs at cornerback. They have needs at safety. Uh, they still need a wide receiver if they don't make a trade for Debo Samuel. Um, uh, they have a, they have some other needs, too. They, you know, is, who, is their center long-term one of the offensive linemen that are currently playing for them? You know, they, you know, defensive tackle, that could be a position of need. How do you see things shaking out here at 15 and 18 for the Eagles? 
for some reason, and I don't know if he makes it this far. I think if he makes it to 14, he's probably gone. But I just imagine Jordan Davis, the, the Georgia defensive tackle in Philly, being an absolute menace. Um, full transparency, I am a, a Dallas Cowboys fan, um, but I very much enjoy just the NFL as a whole. And I think that getting somebody like him uh, and somebody like, you know, say uh, Booth, the cornerback from uh Clemson or somebody like Kyir Elam um even Trent McDuffie um to, to pair those two defensive guys you know so you you take care of the the other cornerback spot and then you have a monster in the middle um because you still have Javon Hargrave Javon can, can obviously rush the passer you have Cox for uh, you know probably another year or so um left in his career so you have a couple of guys there um, but for the long term you can get a guy like Jordan Davis the other one that I would really look look forward to um, is Drake London. Um, and, and I know Philadelphia fans are probably kind of iffy about a Pac-12 guy who <laughs> is really, really good in contested catch situations. Yeah. Um, well, the but, last one the last one we took is transitioning to tight end right now. Yes, and, and he was probably a tight end coming out and nobody wanted to talk about it. Right. Um, but I, I do believe that Drake London is different now. He's not going to take the top of, of the defense um, with pure speed. But I think that he's a really good complement to Devontae Smith. Um, I think that he brings that size and physicality that the Philadelphia Eagles obviously like in their wide receivers. They've tried to make it work for years. But the difference between those guys and a guy like Drake London is Drake London at six foot three and two hundred and twenty pounds, or, or almost six foot four, can separate. He, he can. He's very, very good in the intermediate levels of the field. And I think that's something that they've kind of been missing. Um, last year, obviously, Quez Watkins and Devontae Smith are, are, you know, decent route runners. Devontae's obviously a great one. And Quez can take the top off of the defense. Uh, but there was a lot of passes right around the line of scrimmage and then a lot of shots down the field, down the sideline. And they really need to open up the middle of the field. And I think that's something that Drake London can unlock in this offense. And then, of course, there's a bunch of day two picks that the the, the Eagles can make. And uh, you mentioned that um, the areas of depth linebacker is probably a position that they can look to address in, in rounds two and three. What what other areas of depth are there uh, in this draft uh, that the Eagles could be looking at after they fill up, you know, fill their needs in the first round that they might be able to kind of hang back and say, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of these guys at, at these positions here in rounds two and three. Yeah, so I think there might be. Uh, one of the really good safeties still around. I, I don't know if the NFL is going to start to to come to grips with the fact that safeties are becoming more and more valuable by the year. Um, but I, I think that they could possibly get a really good one at 51. Like I said already, linebacker is a spot at 51 that could be really good. Linebacker still could be a spot at 83 that is very, very nice as well, um, as well as center. Um, if they're not looking, you know, towards, you know, throwing all of their assets into this season, if they're looking forward a little bit, which they probably should be, Jason Kelsey is still a very good player, but probably, you know, on his last legs of his NFL career, you could look at, at uh, you know, a guy like Juergens um, to, to come in and, and sit for a season before stepping in there. Um It'll be interesting because they also have Dickerson who played center in college, obviously, and could be there. So they could even look at guard and there's some good value at guard as well. So uh, interesting to see how they go. Um, I think that the positions that they need, there is a little bit of depth at and they can get some difference makers. 
Let's look around the division a little bit. And you mentioned you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, so we're just going to have to deal with it Unfortunately, here. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I on the enemy. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, that's good because, you know, now we get a chance to, to ask you about what you think Dallas might be looking at here in, in the draft. They've... They've lost a bunch of players. They, they, the, I think they, it's fair to say that they've lost from their 2021 roster more than mm-hmm. they've added to it at this point. And they're looking at the draft as obviously a way to add some talent. Where are they looking at in days one and two? Yeah, so I think where they're looking is uh, the interior offensive line, left guard specifically. Um, I think that if one of uh, Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson are there, that's where the Cowboys are probably going to go. Um, maybe Chris Olave or Traylon Burks could change their mind and they could go wide receiver early. Um, but those are the four guys that have gotten 30 visits. Um, and the Cowboys really like to draft off of their 30 visits. Now, things changed when when COVID was obviously at its height and they weren't able to have those. They went away from that a little bit. But for the most part, they've really stuck to that. So I think that's the, the two positions they're looking to attack in round one. Uh, linebacker and pass rusher. Um, on day two is, you know, a position that they're looking at. And then whatever they don't get between guard and uh, wide receiver uh, would be the target on day two as well. So it's it's really, you know, some high leverage positions. They, they need a left guard. They need a starting left guard. Uh, they need somebody who can either play and start um, or, or take significant reps at edge rusher or linebacker, depending on what they want to do uh, with Micah Parsons, whether they want to play him primarily as a pass rusher or as an off-ball linebacker. Um, And then outside of that, they don't have a ton of needs, but the needs that they have are are serious. And I think that a lot of people think uh, that guard is the biggest need. But when you look at Michael Gallup probably not going to be back for the first half of the season, I think you really need to get a difference-making wide receiver um, that can play on day one. Another divisional team that we don't talk a lot about because they've just been so bad for, for so long is is the Giants. But yeah. the Giants have picks five and seven in this draft, and they, I'm sure, were wishing that this was a quarterbacks a, a, a draft that was strong with quarterbacks. Um, yes, they're they're sticking with Daniel Jones for another year because they really don't have another choice at this point. But with picks five and seven, I'm sure in, a, in an ideal world, they would take a quarterback with one of those two picks. As it is, uh, they're sitting at five and seven, with, and they are a team that have way more holes than the Eagles do. Do you see them holding on to both of those picks and making selections at five and seven? Or do you see them taking one of those picks and maybe trading back into the middle to end of the first round and getting another second or a first next year? They should. Um, It's unfortunate. Dave Gettleman destroyed that roster, um, which is, is really tough, you know, obviously for his legacy. And it's, it's been a a tough couple of years for New York giants fans. Um, I I think that they should trade back if they can. Uh, The issue is somebody has to call you. Um, Somebody has to want to come up for one of those quarterbacks. So their biggest hope is that Malik Willis and, and Kenny Pickett have not been drafted by the time you know picks five and seven come around um i I think the the best way to go about it would probably be to uh leave uh pick five let a team jump the carolina panthers who should be looking for a quarterback um in this draft uh so i think that that's where they can really get the most value you know maybe the seattle seahawks want to move up and they can only you know drop down from five to nine um and pick up some more assets or you know a, a team you know, wants to, you know, put a huge package together like Pittsburgh and, you know, give away a first this year, a, f- a first next year, a second this year, and really go after a quarterback and give, 
you know, New York the assets that they really need to rebuild that roster because there's still multiple spots on the, the front line, uh, on the, the offensive line that have to be fixed. Um, and then obviously on the defensive side of the ball, they don't know what's going to happen with James Bradbury. Um, they might end up trading him. So it'll be interesting to see what they want to do to try to rebuild that. They also need linebacker help. Uh, crazy. Um, watching those guys try to just move last year uh, was was hard to watch. Um, yeah. They had a couple of really unathletic linebackers trying to cover guys in space, and it just did not go well. So, like you said, a lot of holes. They should try to move back and gather as many picks as possible. Um, but they're going to have to sit there and try not to take, you know, Evan Neal to play right tackle <laughs> for them right away yeah. and uh, to draft Sauce Gardner to, to replace Bradbury so they can trade him. Um, so I really don't think they can go wrong as long as they just pick good players. And, and now they have a new uh, group in there from the yeah. Buffalo Bills, and you you feel like maybe they're under better le- better leadership at this point than you had to be better than what Gettleman left. <laughs> yes, so, there's better. only one way to go there. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm looking at the Washington Commanders sitting here at 11, and and a team that of course needs a quarterback. Um, I mean they got Carson Wentz. So they don't need a quarterback as much as they did when uh, Taylor Tyler he- Taylor Heineke was the the starting quarterback. But could you see a scenario where Washington says, you know, hedging their bets with Carson, that they could jump up and that they might look to grab like a Malik Willis uh, with the Giants trade within their division for and allow a, a divisional rival to go get a quarterback? All right. Um, I don't know how uh, the the people of Philadelphia feel about Carson Wentz at this point, but I'm we don't get, really have an opinion. Okay, he's, I was he's, gonna he's, say yeah. I'm kind of kind of kind of get real here for a second about Carson Wentz. Um, I think that he is mechanically broken right now, um, but more than anything, I think that he's just mentally broken. Um, I, I think that the bringing in Jalen Hurts was terrible for his mental health. He wasn't able to handle that, even though there wasn't supposed to be a competition in year one for that. And then he ended up going and losing his job when things got tough last year, when they were, you know, making a push for the playoffs in Indianapolis, he folded. He wasn't playing terrible football for most of the season, but down the stretch, he wilted away. Um, I don't think that the Washington commanders would try to do anything other than try to prop him up and help him as much as possible in year one. Um, and I think that they could still be a bad enough team to make a move for one of the quarterbacks who look to be better, um, the, the class overall, that is, in 2023. Uh, so I think this year they're either going to draft Kyle Hamilton or they are going to draft one of the two Ohio State wide receivers, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. I would assume they would probably pick Garrett Wilson. I think he is the better wide receiver prospect than Chris Olave is. Um, but if they want a day one route runner type guy, Olave would be that guy as well. So I think it's it's one of those two or or Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, it's probably the smarter move, especially because you know the Commanders want to compete here in 2022. Yeah, uh, and that team is desperate to get somebody to play alongside Terry McLaurin on the other side of the field uh, to give Carson Wentz another target. As bad as Carson Wentz looked last year, um, the more talent you can surround him with, the better chance you have of giving him uh, a chance for success. I want to ask you about two other teams uh, before we wrap up here. I think the Kansas City Chiefs. This is such a huge draft for them because you lose Tyreek Hill and you can just see these other teams in the AFC with these young quarterbacks. You've, you know, obviously the Bengals beat them in the AFC championship game and they're not, they are likely not going anywhere. Justin Herbert and the Chargers likely aren't, isn't going anywhere. You've seen, um, 
uh, Russell Wilson moving over to the to the AFC. Uh, you, just the exodus and the exodus from the NFC of some really great quarterbacks and the development of some really great quarterbacks. I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo with Josh Allen. I mean, they, they could be the next Kansas City, but Kansas City still has Patrick Mahomes. They've just you've seen some talent drain away from that franchise uh, this this offseason. Feels to me like they really need to hit on this draft in order to keep themselves in uh, basically uh, like a dynasty mode, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. to be to be great for the entirety of Mahomes' time as the starting quarterback. How important is this draft for Kansas City? It's it's imperative, and, and drafting in general is going to be incredibly important for the Kansas City Chiefs over the next, you know, forever because now they are out of the window of Patrick Mahomes being incredibly cheap and being the best quarterback in the NFL at an incredibly cheap price. So um, I think that they're going to have to continue to to draft well. I think that they're obviously at a disadvantage because Justin Herbert is a freak of nature and he is making very little money and the, the Los Angeles Chargers are making moves left and right to improve that football team. And the whole division is ridiculous. You have Russell Wilson on a team that I thought could have been a Super Bowl contender last season. Um, obviously, their defense didn't play as well as it should have last season. Um, and so they weren't as great a football team as they could have been. But now with him... It is a different story. And then obviously the Raiders sat back for the first couple of days of free agency and then went crazy um, and brought in a bunch of talent as well. So it's a, it's a difficult division. I think that they need to get another wide receiver. They don't have a wide receiver one right now. I don't hate their wide receiving core right now with uh, Sammy Watkins and Juju Smith-Schuster um, out there. They obviously still have Travis Kelsey, but they need that alpha on the outside. They, they desperately need that. Um, I think that they could end up sending one of those picks for Debo if they are more comfortable uh, paying Debo uh, than they were Tyreek Hill. And then they need to get a starting corner. Um, It's uh, kind of barren there. Legereus Sneed is obviously the one starter. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens on the other side. Uh, They they need help in the the back end there. Um, And then, you know, outside of that, they don't have any pass rush whatsoever. Uh, Chris Jones is obviously one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, and he can rush the passer, but Frank Clark is a shell of his former self, um, and they're in a really tough spot because it picks 29 and 30. I don't see anybody that's on the board at pass rusher by that time that is going to make an immediate impact. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see what they do, how they attack that. You know, maybe pick 50, they're able to take somebody, you know, towards the future if David Ajabo um, somehow, you know, falls all the way to 50 after the uh, Achilles injury that he unfortunately suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could have a, a guy that's a legitimate, you know, 15 sack potential guy, you know, when he does come back and is healthy in, in years, you know, after his, his uh, red shirt year. Um, but I, I think that it's it's a difficult task to fill all of the holes that they have to continue to compete. The thing is, they still do have Patrick Mahomes. They still do have Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid is still, in my opinion, the best offensive mind in football. Last thing for you. uh, I think the other team is the Green Bay Packers, and I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do with Devontae Adams leaving and but they but Aaron Rodgers being back because, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes back. I got to believe he came back thinking Devontae Adams is going to be on my team, you know, right? I mean, I, I don't know that for sure, but it certainly was a shock to everybody when Devontae Adams uh, um, became, a, became a Raider. And so I wonder how Green Bay is going to handle, going to be going to handle their, their draft this year. They, they picked number 22 
uh, in the first round, but you know, you're not really going to probably get a high end wide receiver in that spot. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe is there a chance one of the top three or four receiver prospects falls down to number 22 for them? I oh, think, they also pick, I'm sorry. They also pick a 28. I, yeah. I yeah. They have, so. they have both picks. They, they could, you know, move up and secure the guy that they love um, at wide receiver. I, I think that one of Traylon Burks and uh, Chris Olave are going to be there. And I think those are the two guys that kind of fit what they would need immediately out of a wide receiver. Somebody, you know, in Traylon Burks who can kind of do a little bit of everything um, can take the ball out of the backfield as well um, is good after the catch. And then Chris Olave, who is just a natural separator. He won't give you much of anything after the catch, but he will get open. And that's something that, that uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to covet somebody who can get open quickly. That's something that, you know, uh, Devontae Adams is the best in the game at, um, is getting open on slants and winning with his release. So I think that they could look at, at somebody like Olave. Um, I, I think that when you look back at it, um, I believe Aaron Rodgers and Devontae spoke uh, about Devontae's situation when he when Aaron was talking about coming back. And uh, it didn't seem like they were going to get a deal done at that point uh, long term and that the trade was going to happen. So I think Aaron knew about it. Okay. Um, I believe if he didn't know about it, he would have said something already because it's Aaron Rodgers. It's and, Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. what he does. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But I, I think Green Bay can do a lot in this draft. They have five picks in the top 100. They actually have four picks in the top 60. Um, they have some holes that they need to fill. And I think that for the holes that they have, they could come out of this draft and still be, you know, arguably uh, the best team in the NFC, probably the second best uh, from a talent perspective behind Tampa Bay. Um, but at 22, they can get a receiver. At 28, they could look at, you know, uh, a slot corner safety hybrid, somebody like... Um, um, oh, Daxon Hill, um, out of Michigan, um, who can play in the slot right away. And then if they don't want to pay, uh, Darnell Savage, uh, a big contract, he can, you know, scoot back and play safety later on. Uh, they can go in and find another edge rusher, uh, at 28 possibly as well, um, as 53 and 59. So they can kind of go after, uh, some of their needs here. Well, it should be an interesting uh, draft, as it, as it always is. And, of course, the Eagles, with their two first-round picks, will be follow, following very closely what they do. But a uh, number of teams in the NFL, it's a very important draft for them. And uh, it's always fun to see the maneuvering that goes on on draft night, too. So, And we'll see if Debo Samuel is, uh, is a part of that um, as we get closer to the draft. Folks, make sure you're checking out everything Dalton Miller is doing over at the Pro Football Network. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller. Dalton, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you very much for having me. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. Again, make sure that you are subscribed to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. And if there is an Eagles fan in your life who does not know about these podcasts, please, please tell them about us and have them subscribe to the Bleeding Green Nation podcast uh, podcast feed. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review about Eye on the Enemy on the Apple Podcast app. Let me know what you think of the show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, 
fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.